0: Hey guys, and welcome to the Dog Speak podcast. I am Nikki Ivey, your host. I am thrilled that you are joining me to talk puppies, dog training, real life manners, and more. Be sure to check out our Facebook page, as well as our website at dogspeak101.com. Hey, Dog Speak Geeks. Hope you've had a good week so far. Welcome to part two on aggressive behavior. Britt, how are you doing tonight? Hey, I'm good. How are you? Oh, I'm hanging in there. It's, it's been a long week and it's only Tuesday. But hanging.
1: I get that. Like, a, like a hair in a biscuit.
0: <laughs> That's disgusting. Okay, listen.
1: I was thinking about this saying today, actually. Because uh, back home, people say that all the time. Or how you do, and they say rough as a cob, and that one also makes me go. <laughs> but hanging in there like a hair and a biscuit literally <laughs> makes, makes you want to die. Like, that is the worst thing <laughs> That
0: is so disgusting. Um, just, no. Yeah, so we've already gone off track here. And but i have also,
1: it in. as horrible as it is. I'm I'm really glad I got to use it, because I'm like, when am I ever going to use that? But here we are. Here we are. Less than 24 hours later, I get to use it, and it still makes me want to vomit.
0: Rough as a cob, huh?
1: Yeah. Do you want to go into the history of that, or are we good? Does everybody know? Like, we're I good. I don't know the history of we it. We don't need to go.
0: But I don't think, you know, I think we could just Google if we really need to know. I mean, I know cob is rough, but... No, I don't know the history. And I don't. I don't know. I have to look at the looks on your face if I even want to ask.
1: Listen, all right. So, uh, you know, people without houses had to wipe with something. <laughs> Most people say it was the Sears and Roebuck, but if you really need a good cleaning, you use a cob.
0: And there you have it, folks. <laughs> That's where we are this week
1: happy tuesday everybody well <laughs> okay. now that we're not even drunk just thought you should use that you just needed that little bit of history in your life
0: i don't know oh okay so let's let's go ahead and get involved yeah. in that
1: speaking aggressive
0: of aggressive <laughs> as if aggressive as some, a corn cob if you want some aggressive cleaning Oh, uh, So I hope you guys did enjoy the episode last week and if you've had any trouble with aggressive behavior in your dogs uh, hopefully I've given you a little insight about how these you know these guys don't want to feel this way and it's not a pleasant place for them to be. So uh, maybe you're maybe you're just kind of giving them a little break give them benefit of the doubt that they don't want to be in the place that they're being if they're giving you any type of aggressive behavior. So tonight, we're going to talk about what's the best thing to do if you are seeing symptoms or seeing some aggressive behavior.
1: Okay, so what do people need to do if their dog is acting aggressively? And by aggressively, we mean level three.
0: So obviously, the first thing I'm going to tell people to do is you need to find yourself a canine behavior consultant or a behaviorist who understands aggression or aggressive behavior in dogs and someone that uses positive techniques. Anyone that uses aversive techniques, I'm just going to say it. Anyone that uses aversive techniques in their training style does not understand canine behavior. Mm-hmm. And so they, oh, the only thing they're going to do is look at that aggressive behavior and do the same thing that you wanted to originally do, which was just stop the behavior, which is really just suppressing the behavior, yeah. taking the batteries Out of the smoke detector, basically. You're taking all those warnings out, that communication. You're taking the dog's ability to communicate. So first thing is you find someone who truly understands the dog and is looking at the dog starting on the inside and working their way out. So what do you mean from like inside out? So with the inside out, what I'm talking is we need to look at the dog physiologically. We need to look at the dog emotionally. Is the dog having any pain? Is the dog um, had any injuries in the past that could be still causing some pain? Is the mm. dog having some type of sensitivity or intolerance to their food? If the gut is not healthy, then basically the transmission that is sent to the brain to increase serotonin doesn't happen. Mm -hmm. So it it really kind of cuts off the communicative path from the gut to the the brain of the dog. So with that, a dog, a lot of times, they don't have the ability to actually make decisions in those moments of fear, anxiety, phobias. And that's why you're you're getting a lot of that reactivity, Mm -hmm. which I believe we touched on that last week, if I remember right.
1: Yeah, and then, you know, Kind of going back to that, a lot of times um, if if I'm talking to someone on the phone or via email who has a dog that doesn't like being touched in a certain place, I will ask, you know, has there been any sort of injury to that area? Um, and what I've noticed as well is a lot of people have become really proactive with this in going to the vet first before contacting us and doing a full workup, you know, uh, x-rays, that sort of thing. Is there any reason that my dog would be in pain? Uh, for instance, we had somebody call and the dog had been before they'd gotten the dog, dog had been shot. They had no idea. Um, so I mean, It's, it's that sort of thing, you know, one, you've got the trauma from that, but is there residual pain from that, that you got to look at just something
0: like. Absolutely. And and to rule out. Because, you know, if the dogs are tough and dogs can be in pain, but yet they might still fetch Mm -hmm. constantly for you, but it doesn't mean that they're not in pain. Right. So you do want to make sure that if you have, before you go to the vet and spend all the money, if you can get with someone who understands aggression and aggressive aggressive behavior and knows how to look at it right, then a lot of times they can come in and if they're able to touch the dog, they can look at the dog. So like when I go in, if I can physically touch the dog, I will run my hands down the body along the the back side of the dog to see if I'm getting any twitching, mm-hmm. any movements. I'll watch the dog walk, look at the gate, watch the dog. You know, how does he sit? How quickly does he sit? How well does he lay down? How does he get up? How does he lay? Does he lay on the hips a lot? Will he sit with the hip thrown out? So there are a lot of different things that you want to look at physically um, as you're taking a complete history. So, uh, you know, if you're looking for someone to work with the dog, they need to be able to take a full history to look back and see, okay, what is, what could be the physical issue here?
1: And do you do that, um, when you do that sort of evaluation, do you, does the owner know you're doing that? Or is that just something you're sort of like making a mental checklist of? Usually I'm making
0: a mental check.
1: Just, I mean, in case someone is looking, they're not in our area, they're looking for a professional, um, is
0: that something they need to ask them? I would, I mean, I would say, do you take in consideration, uh, you know, the, the physical being of the dog? Mm-hmm. And there are, you know, there are some, some really good ones out there that will have you go ahead and do a workup at a veterinarian. Mm-hmm. Um, I tend to lean more towards the less money spent is best. So I will start, I like to start with a consultation to see if those x-rays are necessary. Is blood work necessary? Mm-hmm. Um, do we need to do, you know, thyroid tests? Um, many times I will start with just the initial things of most of the times food change. Mm-hmm. Because if you don't feel good, you don't act well. So typically Overseer. I'll start there. Yeah. So if I can get the gut feeling good, then that will allow the rest of the system to show its true colors.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Right. So once the gut's good and that immune system is starting to work better, now we can see is the dog really still not feeling well? Is the dog having some pain here? Um, is the dog twitching when I'm touching in certain areas? So I usually in my case I won't have them go to the vet before I have a consultation with them. Yeah. Uh just because I do want to save people money and, and I will be very quick to recommend blood work if I feel like we need that. Or x-rays or a chiropractic adjustment or some acupuncture, you know, something uh with the dog, but Uh, that can, you know, maybe that recommendation doesn't even come to after a few sessions. Yeah. Uh, and it's really when we're, when we're dealing with aggressive behavior, I'm having to take a lot of history. I'm taking a lot of notes and I'm observing everything. I'm observe, I'm observing how the dogs are in the room with me. I'm observing the owners, um, even the way that their faces or how they look at each other when I ask a question, I can read a lot of that just to see, or am I are they being upfront with me? Right? Am I getting the entire story? Yeah. Um because a lot of people are scared to tell the whole story mm-hmm. for fear of judgment, for fear that, you know, somebody will want to take their dog away. Um, you know, and, so and
1: by the way, like a behavioral consultant or a trainer cannot take your dog away. No. And also I I don't even know how one would go about like the only way that would ever be recommended is if you were abusing your dog and that would yeah. have to go through law enforcement. So, uh, and the only reason I'm saying this is because I have had to reassure people of this. You know, if, if a dog has bitten someone, for instance, that's taking a dog away is not our lane. It's not what we do. Um, so people don't want to be upfront with us. And then we, we get in there. Uh, we, you, uh, gets in there And we don't know the whole story because people are afraid to tell us the dog is bitten. Well, first of all, our goal is not to take the dog away. And also it's, we don't have the authority to do so.
0: My main goal is to not get bit. Exactly. So it is, it is
1: imperative that you tell tell a trainer or a behavioral consultant or a behaviorist the whole story. Um, Don't try to sugarcoat it. Just tell it like it is. We're, You know, we're on your side. We're advocates. And and I'm only saying that because we've had uh, probably in the last six months. Gosh, I mean, we've had a lot of cases where you've gone in thinking it's manners. And it turns out, like, there's a situation here where this dog is displaying aggressive behavior. But we don't know the whole story. Uh, This is, think of your trainer or behavioral consultant as a therapist uh it is a safe place <laughs> unless the dog is you know truly vicious in which case that's still not our call you know we don't have the authority to do anything
0: and if your dog to take your dog right, away and if, and if i get bit by your dog i'm not gonna sue you oh that's the other yeah um it is part thing. of the job but i will not be pleased If I find out that I was not given the story before coming into the home. If you withheld that. That to me is about negligence. But if you tell me, then we can make arrangements Mm -hmm. to keep everyone safe. Yeah. Because my goal is to not put your dog in that situation not to make the dog, um, don't want to make the dog feel like they need to protect Mm -hmm. themselves. Yeah, it's not fair to the dog. Um, There are some times where I'll go to a client for behavior issues, and I'm there for an hour and a half, and I never see the dog, and I never meet the dog that first session because I don't have to Uh, because it's so important to get all the information that I'm getting because I'm getting more insight in the dog's daily kind of life and past life when I'm talking with the owners. Right. And then once I get all the information, then I decide, how do I want to proceed to meet this dog? Mm-hmm. What's the best way to do this? You know, yep. what's the what type of triggers does this dog have? And sometimes I won't meet a dog until they're acclimated to a basket muzzle. Mm-hmm. So it keeps everyone safe. Because yep. I don't like getting bitten. Um, I have many times. Um, and I've been bitten with by dogs where I was never told the dog had bitten before, Mm -hmm. Uh, come to find out they have. Um, And then I've been bitten by dogs that really, truly never have shown that before. Mm -hmm. And that was the first time that owners saw that. So it's very important that you're very upfront with whoever you're working with, but they have to make sure that they're doing a deep dive into understanding your relationship with your dog and be honest with them. Very important, to be honest, because we, my goal, I say we, but I'm, I should probably just go back to me. My goal, <laughs> Yeah. because I don't want to speak for other colleagues, my goal is to help you understand where your dog's coming from, how they feel, why they feel that way, and what we need to do as a group, as a team, to make that dog mm-hmm. better. My yeah. dog is, uh, my dog, my job is not to judge you, and... You know, it's so funny because I'll talk to clients and they think that what they're telling me is the worst possible thing in the world or that they're the only ones that do it. And I get tickled because it's really not that big of a deal. And they're also very average of my clients. Oh, yeah. Everybody's on the same. So it's like, yeah, I hear that a lot. We're on the same boat. Right guys, you're yeah. not alone in this. Absolutely. You are not alone. You're not alone from other dog owners and you're definitely not alone. If you contact us, we're on your side. We're going to help you as mm-hmm. long as you want to meet us in the middle and do your part. That's the biggest thing. Yeah, it's it's very important that we do work together as a team and there's got to be trust there. So My clients have to trust me to be open with me Mm -hmm. because a lot of times you do say therapist. I do. I deal with clients who suffer from PTSD because their dog has been into a fight or they are, you know, or they got attacked on a walk Mm -hmm. with their dog. And so we have to work through the dog's PTSD and, and I have to do what I can to help with the PTSD and the dog. Mm -hmm. So I'm not a human therapist. They they definitely need to have professional counseling to deal with that. But there are times that I, you know, I'm always, I always try to help them understand that one, they're not alone. And I always want to make sure that they understand that their emotions and their feelings and their fears are valid. Mm -hmm. Because... If you can embrace those, then you can start to change them.
1: Yeah.
0: Right. It's like trying to to paint a moving object is going to be much more difficult than just keeping the object still. Right. So if we can't, if we let our emotions go all over the place, we can't change them. They're just fluttering everywhere. We got to grasp them and hold on to them and say, okay, these are mine and this is what I feel and this is what triggers me and this is what the stress looks like and this is if I'm getting stress stacked, this is what's happening. Okay, I recognize it. Now, what are my other choices for these moments? Right. And don't feel silly if you have that. I know a lot of people that have PTSD from dog fights, from watching their dog get hurt, from watching their dog hurt somebody, from being bitten by a dog or attacked by a dog but yet they still love dogs and want to be with them. I still haven't taken my dog back to the dog park. Yeah. Cause you still have had that problem with that dog attacking. I've
1: blamed it on uh, the dog part getting flooded, but uh, I think it's
0: probably reopened by now. It is. Yeah, I think it is reopened. Um, and so, you know, that is, and that's the thing is it's okay to feel that way, right? It's okay to feel that way. So know that you're not alone. We're not going to judge you, but you have to be honest. You yeah. have to be honest. So once I get in and I can see the type of fear and I can start putting the little puzzle pieces together to give myself a clearer picture, then dependent on the motivation for the fear will depend on how I handle it.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, but I can tell you that regardless of how I handle it, some of the common things that I will tell you that I do with my clients, mm-hmm. and these are not necessarily going to be the exact things I would have you be doing for your dog's. Every case is going to be different, even though this is kind of the foundation aspect of things. You do need to find a professional to help you. If yeah. you're having aggressive behavior, find someone with the education, the knowledge, um, and the ability to work your case. But get professional help. And if you don't have anybody local, you know what? Contact us. We will do Zoom meetings with you wherever you are. We can. I can do a lot through Zoom with dealing with aggressive behavior, even if it's just a couple of sessions to help you identify and start some of the changes and then finding another trainer, a positive trainer to maybe help you with some specific skills. Right. So, I mean, we can definitely help you out if you're not local to our area. Um, But, you know, first thing I do is once I've kind of looked at the dog from the inside out, I'm usually always changing food. Uh, Because most people are not feeding a healthy food. And if you're not sure, go back and find our nutrition episode and uh, listen to that. And then I immediately have to start changing the owners. Yeah. I can't change dogs without changing the owners.
1: Mm
0: -hmm. They live together. They're the family. They're the the group. So everybody has to change together. Uh, And typically what I have to change is... One, get, teaching the owners to have the benefit of the doubt for their dog. Don't think the dog is just being a jerk.
1: Or yeah. just being protective or manipulative. Oh yeah, my lot. dog's manipulative. manipulative.
0: They don't have that. That's not that's that's, 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 that's a human. <laughs> that's just a human thing, right? So changing the the human's thought process, right? To understand that their dog is truly going through something very difficult. Mm-hmm. And they don't have a way to express it. They don't get to come home and yell at the kids because they're stressed. They don't get to flip people off uh, while they're driving, um, all because they're stressed out.
1: Get to like that's a privilege. They don't. don't,
0: Um, What I mean is they don't. Maybe don't do those. What I mean is they don't. They don't have a good a way to really release some of that anxiety and stress the way that we do. Because what do we do? Is I know I I don't know that's a healthy way. I didn't say it was healthy. (laughs) Definitely not healthy. You know, but it is understanding their dogs are going. to They don't show get it to come drink a glass of wine. No, they don't. They don't get to come home and be like, "Give me my brandy and my cigar, and let me sit on the back porch and leave me alone." Mm-hmm. Right? So, so that's the thing is helping the the owners understand, and then I will typically have to teach owners to stop using aversive techniques, and that includes, but not limited to, uh, firm tones, mm-hmm. uh, weird noises. <laughs> you know um snapping fingers clapping hands um yes even smacking butts smacking noses uh, unfortunately that still is something that's happening and i've heard the rolled up newspaper a rolled up lately. newspaper yep um where they don't hit the dog I've they never, just use it as a loud sound on the table <laughs> i've never understood
1: why it's a rolled up newspaper like
0: because that was the newspaper that was around back in the day.
1: But I'm saying like that's. Because
0: <laughs> that's how old.
1: First of all. That's how old that yeah. advice no, no, is. No, no, I mean, why hasn't that evolved to some other object? Oh, it has. Over the years. There's another
0: aversive uh, trainer who uses rolled up um, towels. What? And throws them at the dog. Actually what? hits the dog with the rolled up towels. This thought process is amazing to me.
1: Right? It's just like, if you roll something up, it's going to be tighter and that's going to hurt more. Yeah. And y'all, you you have to, people have to realize that's what it is, right?
0: <laughs> yeah. Please understand. It is, it is, it is I'm meant, sorry. it's not funny. It, it is just meant that... to scare the dog and by, it's meant to interrupt the dog using fear. So people say, well, we just use it as an interrupter. You're using fear to interrupt a behavior. Yeah. Therefore, you're using fear to diminish a behavior. We call that positive punishment. We're adding something yeah. to decrease a behavior. I'm not going to get into that because that gets so confusing. No, that's
1: right. That, that still breaks my brain every time you say that. I know. Um, no, my thing is like with the rolled up newspaper. Yeah, that, like that's been around so long and it's still a thing.
0: It's still a thing, and it's it's so weird. It's it's so old. Like why is it? Um, why is it? Still why is it's, So it's. You know, it's a rolled up towel. It's different. It's no. different. No, it's the same. I mean, it's the same. It could be a wadded up. It's you still it be a wadded up paper. It's you, still what the, your motivation is, is to scare the dog.
1: Yeah, so you've taken a soft object and made it hard by rolling it up. Yeah. It's my whole thing.
0: Well, that too. Yes. required. Like right. So don't do that. Um, so changing the owners, teaching them that screaming, yelling, using firm tones, using as using a bunch of things like that. Correction collars. Um, none of that's going to fix your dog's behavior. So I have to start out teaching them um, how dogs learn, uh, the the way you handle behavior if you want it, if you don't want it, if you really, really want it. Um, It's teaching them to start looking for the positive things. And what that does is it allows the household and the dog to start decompressing. Because typically when I walk into a household where we've had aggression problems, um, it's not just the animals that have been showing aggressive behavior. <laughs> oh, yeah. So it's also the humans that have been showing aggressive behavior. And that can be a, something as simple as screaming, yelling, or spanking your dog. And sometimes I, f-
1: I feel like it's it's sort of inadvertent. Like it's just sort of built in. Human nature.
0: We don't realize we're Bad habits, yeah. old habits, old ways, yeah. old thought processes. Yeah. This is the way I'm supposed to handle it. Right. Um, that's like saying, well, I'm supposed to spank my kid because they're afraid to go sit on Santa's lap. I'm going to give them something to cry about. Okay. First of all, right. Who does that? Well, that's what I'm saying. It's like, you know, Santa is a creepy old man watching you when you sleep.
1: (laughs) No offense. I love, I love me some Santa and all,
0: but come on. But yeah, I mean, it doesn't make sense. Right. But yet we feel like it's okay to punish a dog for being afraid of something. Yeah. Right. So. So changing that first, Mm -hmm. decompressing the entire household, even those, when we can start really acknowledging good behavior, what you'll start to notice if you walk around a lot during the day and say, what a good boy, you'd be such a good boy. That's a good boy. It's mama's good boy. Your stress will actually start to decrease. I think that's the only way I'm able to get through my day on some of these cases I deal with is because I get an opportunity to talk puppy talk and fun, happy things to some dogs. Yeah. Not all. But it does help me lower and decrease uh, my anxiety, or I won't say anxiety, my just stress. So I know that it's something that the whole household can start doing it. You're going to start to find that the people start to relax. They start to decompress. The dog is decompressing because he's no longer getting screamed at and yelled at every time he turns around. Mm -hmm. The family is starting to think about how their behavior can really confuse a dog and make them anxious because they're not being consistent because they don't even know what they want or everybody's asking for different behavior, you know, different situations. So the first thing we have to do is we have to change the owner. And so for you guys listening out there, I think that this episode is more about changing your behavior because I really cannot change a dog's behavior that lives in your home without changing you Mm -hmm. because you're typically part of the problem. Uh, And it's all because you just, You don't understand what's happening. And that's not your job to understand all the ins and outs. Your job is to find somebody who does to help you. Yeah. Right. That's, and and let someone come in and help you. Mm -hmm. So it's, uh, it's basically helping you get on the same page with your dog so that you can both get to that end result and get there together, but have compromise in the process.
1: So what would you say to someone who has acquired a dog that has these qualities they've they've gone into it the right way the dog I mean what like they didn't create it correct okay is yeah is what I'm trying to say yes. or
0: something they've inherited
1: it right they've inherited this issue so like with Isabella she doesn't know what the
0: word "no" means. No, she doesn't. She also doesn't know what the word "treat" means. Nope, our dogs do not understand treat. They do not understand. Well,
1: the other two. Well,
0: well, I, Diane doesn't.
1: Jake does because I didn't know. You any did better. use that, right? He's yeah, fifteen.
0: I've never used treat as a bribe to get a dog to do something.
1: Right, but so this, so this little dog, she doesn't. She doesn't know what that means. But what if you get. a a dog who you know you've inherited this dog you've adopted this dog it's five years old because i get this question a lot hey we adopted this dog it's five years old is that too late to change this dog i got one the other day i had a call the other day it was a nine-year-old dog you know is it is it too late to help with these aggressive behaviors at nine years old when
0: we look at older dogs we look at some different things we look at the aging of the dog we look at the overall health of the dog, um, because when you start to get older dogs, you can get things like dementia. Mm-hmm. You can get some unexplained aggression that can sometimes be explained with thyroid full thyroid test, uh, not just the yearly blood work. So when we look at older dogs, we we a lot of times will really look at that physical aspect,
1: but see it's a physiological um... aspect, but. Even if it's not an older dog, it is an inherited thing. Yeah.
0: So typically, it's going to so be a learned, yeah, learned aggression. It's,
1: it's learned, and this owner has like just walked into this, and they're like, "We don't know what to do because is there some sort of even if they're doing the right thing on the front end, is there some sort of like uh, backtracking that this owner has to do to go go back and sort of sweep it up and fix it? I guess is what I'm asking. I if think that makes that, sense.
0: Yeah, I think that you you will have to identify because that will be, it's harder because you've not been with the dog. So you can't necessarily identify any moments that could have triggered this, or you can't necessarily identify the exact triggers Mm -hmm. because you don't know the dog as well. So kind of going back in that and understanding history plays a good part of understanding the aggressive behavior. But if we don't have that history, and I get a lot that people don't know the history, right? Um, then I have to take the puzzle pieces that I have, that I do have, and start fresh with that dog as if that dog has never learned anything. Right? So we'll kind of start clean slate with this dog and just changing any thought process that the dog has of learned aggression. Say... Um. Every time humans get near my food bowl, uh, they're going to start petting me because maybe it lived with kids. And mm-hmm. so now it's learned to growl. And so as you approach or just walking past, the dog growls. Okay, so we know then that's probably more than likely. You've had the dog a few weeks. You've never bothered the dog while it's eating. And then here it is. It showed up. Okay, it probably happened in its previous life. And it learned to growl to, for, to make the kids go away. And so just as a for instance what do you do in that situation? Does, do you
1: walk away? I mean, does that.
0: So, yeah, so you can definitely walk away. Um, you, I will say not do not
1: solidify in the, so, so that's the thing. Does Yeah. Cause there's a, I, I know there's a fine line there between, um, sort of like,
0: what what's the word I'm trying to say? Allowing the behavior and yeah, like you're, being okay with it versus no, I need to let yeah. the dog know that's not acceptable. Exactly. Yeah. So one, never put yourself in a situation to get bit. Never push a dog to bite you. Um, and if that means at that moment, the first time you ever got a growl from your dog at the food bowl, you need to walk away. Mm-hmm. You just walk away and go, okay. Think we might have a problem here. Yeah. How do we solve it? Okay. okay. It's okay. The dog won. No big deal. It's not the first time that's been rewarded. Right. Okay. You're not the first person. If the dog's done, it, it's been rewarded in the past. Right. So you walking away again, it's not, okay. it's not going to solidify that behavior okay. any more than it so already is. acknowledging
1: it is not nope. going okay. What
0: I don't want to do is make sure we're not screaming and yelling at the dog for doing it because then we will create a worse issue. Okay. Gotcha. So, um, so yeah. And so though something like that is We just change the dog's emotion. The dog has learned that people coming near his food bowl. Like, I really don't like people that feed their puppies and they pet them the whole time or they stick their hands in the food bowl or they move, you know, keep taking the food bowl away. I don't think we need to do that. I truly believe that that is something that creates resource guarding people do that yeah maybe that's for another uh, episode i guess okay
1: sorry but um, if somebody but yes people took do my it. food away while i was eating he, i would bite. people do food. it all the
0: time they get resource guarding issues they said you know when there was a puppy i'd pet on him i would stick my hand in his bowl i would take his bowl away while he was eating and i was like no wonder you have resource guarding issues yeah for sure dog can't trust you to just come by and walk past without bothering him or taking his food away from him imagine you sitting at the t- dinner table And every so often, someone walked by and just stuck their hand all in your food. Well, you don't want
1: your dog up in your food while you're eating.
0: So, don't do that, y'all. Okay. (laughs) But, I I digress. Sorry. (laughs) It's something that at that moment, we go, okay. Obviously, that's an issue. We need to get help for that. Mm -hmm. It's okay to walk away. Okay. It's already been rewarded. Okay. So... Uh, reinforcing is what I was, oh, you're the going word? Reinforcing. I was going
1: with reinforcing. Yeah. And well, here's that, another thing that is, wasn't coming
0: is to my mind. if my dog, if I have a dog that's growling at me around the food, then at some, there's at some level, the dog is feeling stress. Mm-hmm. So a dog uses growling to calm down a situation. Mm-hmm. So by me walking away, that is me being respectful of my dog, telling me, I feel stressed when you do this. And so uh, what
1: would you do to teach that dog that you being in the same room, you walking by while they're eating?
0: Oh, that's such an easy one. If you don't have a dog, who's like lunging at you, <laughs> which is a whole nother story, but uh, it's real easy. If you just, every time you walk by that dog's bowl as he's eating, you toss in something better, like, you know, little pieces of chicken, bacon, um, turkey, ground beef, whatever mm-hmm. their yummy treats are, you just toss it in the bowl and keep on walking, the dog is going to start now kind of counter conditioning himself to saying, okay, now it's not this negativity that's being approached, but ooh, I might be getting something so better with somebody. You're changing that association. feeding
1: time with some real good stuff. Yes.
0: Like, ooh, I don't just get my kibble when mom walks by, mm-hmm. I get bacon. Mm-hmm. I can't wait for mom to walk by. Matter of fact, I'm going to eat slow to give mom a chance to come back by and toss some bacon in my bowl.
1: Right. Okay.
0: Right. So it's changing that emotion right there. Yeah.
1: I mean, we, we get that, that email and that call a lot. Um, I, I just walk into the room and the dog starts growling at me while they're eating. Yeah. You know, so how do you, of course you're going to walk away.
0: Yeah. And you if should. It's not
1: something that you.
0: Yeah. Yeah. If it's or, something the dog's going to hurt themselves, you have another issue. Yeah but it's you know we obviously if we have dogs that are lunging we will put safety precautions into place we're using um, baby gates we're using doorways we're using things to keep everyone safe and we never want to put the dog over threshold so um, it's it's something that's individual for each dog on what level that resource guarding and where that actual trigger happens mm-hmm. what step does that trigger occur so you know, if you do have resource guarding issues around the bowl, I do, again, recommend you reach out to someone that is using positive techniques to work with that. Um, but yes, if you see your dog do it, do not freak out. Respect him. Walk away. And then mm-hmm. reach out for some professional help. Yeah.
1: And just know that if it's something, even if it's not around the food bowl, just something you've inherited because you've gotten this dog, you've adopted this dog or or whatever, we can help. Just you, yeah. keep using positive methods. Yes, uh, but you do have to sort of go back and reprogram,
0: and yeah, you have to. You have to take. It's like I hate to use this, but and we'll. I guess we'll put a trigger warning. Um, it, someone that was abused in a relationship, mm-hmm. right? If they were in a, an abused relationship, even if it was just, you know, emotional, when they no, get no, when they, not just. Emotional. I don't mean just emotional. I just was meaning emotional, not physical. I'm not lessening okay. it. But, um, I mean, I've been in that emotional relationship. Right. I've been abused emotionally. Right. I right? would have to say that that may be... It, and it's some, worse. No, it's definitely, in some I would cases, it's, it's worse. I'd rather somebody probably just knocked me around a little bit because the emotional sticks well, they, hard, they right? So, I, I've been emotionally in an emotionally abusive relationship. And... When I got out of that, it took a long time and it took a, another relationship, right? It took a long time to reprogram myself to be in a healthy relationship, right? You know, with you.
1: But that to say the relationship itself didn't fix the problem. No. So, someone who gets a dog that already has been in a bad relationships when so love isn't enough exactly <laughs> you you keep doing all your positive things by all means however there is a third party that probably still needs to
0: come in absolutely and fix that. because you need that you need that that person looking from the outside and not in an emotional way mm-hmm. so when i don't i don't let my heart get involved Mm-hmm. I mean, I do, obviously, because it's my job and I love what I do and, and I do have a heart for these dogs, but decision-making, I don't let the thought, like m- the one client we do have who this dog has buckshot all in him, mm-hmm. I don't allow myself to hang on to that detail right. and feel sorry.
1: It's just something to be aware of. It's
0: very, I'm very much aware of it and yeah. knowing that it could play a part, but I'm not going to allow... My heart to stay in that, whereas the owners, they'll focus more on, oh, I'm gonna just, I want them to feel loved and safe, and those are all very important things, but that's not going to fix it. Right. Sometimes you got to do some of the tougher yeah. things. Yes. Right.
1: You're, you know. And you're when a, I say
0: tough, not aversive.
1: Right. Just it's setting boundaries. Setting it's boundaries. About sali-
0: setting boundaries. All and about setting boundaries. Yes. You know. You can and expectations. You yeah. can
1: be in a new relationship where. Your new partner is loving and sets boundaries and does all the right things, but if I didn't fix me, you have to fix you. Yeah, and and in in a in a dog person's case, co- having someone come in
0: and help reprogram the dog's brain, right? But also understand where they're coming from. So like when and you know I'm just gonna throw it out here. When Brett and I got together, I was not in a I was not in a healthy place emotionally, and I. But I finally felt comfortable enough to explain why yeah. I was feeling this way. Yeah. If I was something, you know, if I said something, it wasn't even reflected necessarily at you. It was, this reminded me of something I went through. Mm-hmm. Even though you never, ever have that's called given projection. me any reason. Yes. And a lot of dogs will do that.
1: Yeah. They just don't have the vocalization
0: to no. do so. And their vocalization looks scary and sounds scary sometimes.
1: And it involves teeth
0: that are real sharp. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Instead of tongues that are real sharp, you know, like we do. I see what you did there. Like that. So I hope this is kind of enlightened you guys a little bit to understand. I mean, because we're dealing I'm dealing with a lot of, of aggressive aggressive Aggres- <laughs> aggressive <laughs> aggressive behavior cases this year. I feel like that's the majority of what I've been handling. Last year was a lot of leash reactivity, and this year is definitely well, we were, so far. We were
1: walking dogs a lot last year, y'all.
0: Yeah, there was a lot of leash reactivity. <laughs> now people realize they have leash reactivity, um, which is its own form of aggression, aggressive behavior. I'm just, I'm gonna get that word right before I finish this podcast out. But I still, um, when I'm writing the word aggression, I still I don't sp- feel like I write it correctly. Still
1: spell it incorrectly. <laughs> I'm like, is it two G's and like what? One- one
0: s do we have two two g's two uh, s's it's real hard right it's writing's hard (laughs) it's so autocorrect's great sometimes yeah so (laughs) i (laughs) said thanks babe to someone yesterday in a text that's all right and i meant to say thanks a lot or thanks (laughs) something (laughs) and it came out thanks babe oh, it wasn't so it, to you
1: it wasn't that you just texted the wrong person you no ju- no no it just autocorrected it autocorrected,
0: i think it said like i did i was doing thank thanks i think i was trying to do thanks and it came out thank with a b and so it autocorrected to thanks babe because obviously um, i text you all the we, time babe can we tell on
1: gray on this one
0: he- yes oh yes can we let's <coughs> we're just gonna for one second get off track again on grace tech. This
1: is my favorite autocorrect you're of welcome, all Gray. time. This happened last week. 2 weeks ago. Uh he texted me to say I was the bomb. <laughs> and instead, the text came through as you're dumb. <laughs> and so I'm literally never going to let that guy live it down. <laughs> he quickly quickly corrected that. He said you're dumb. I can't argue with him. I mean, I I told him. I said, you know what? Sometimes though that's that's that, true. That's...
0: <laughs> I tell you, it's crazy. Great.
1: Oh, well, okay. I mean, I I I sent him like an inappropriate emoji one time. It
0: so, happened. And it
1: wasn't that like I thought I was texting you. My thumb hit the wrong hit bogey. the wrong one. So oh,
0: us, we humans. We're so it's we're weird. so fun. Technology's great Technology's when it works. Great. Sorry, Gray. So all that to say, <laughs> as we got off track, um, we do have to rewire your dog some. And sometimes we can only improve the dog some. Sometimes we can uh never get the dog be where it should have been or could have been prior to Uh, whatever horrible thing they went through, Mm -hmm. but we can do our best to make that dog the best version of themselves at where they are right now. Yeah. And at least give that relationship, but priority is making the dog feel safe, safe in your presence, safe in your home, safe from fearful things, Um, making sure the dog is healthy and feels good Uh, and making sure that if we do have any anxiety, uh, and phobias that those are taken care of medicinally if we need it uh, so that the dog can feel good yeah because you can't really fix that outward behavior if you don't feel right on the inside mm-hmm. so it, that's kind of some of the main things that i start with and, and obviously this is i can't sit here and tell you step by step of how to deal with aggression because it's on a per case basis, but those are some things that you need to keep in mind. If you're seeing your dog mm-hmm. um, with aggressive behavior um, or if you have a family member's dog, share this podcast with them, share this episode with them. Um, especially those people that are like, my dog is aggressive to people coming in the home. So I'm going to send them off to a boot camp for two weeks.
1: Don't do it.
0: Don't do it. One, it's not going to fix anything. Two, they're just probably going to use aversive techniques that's going to suppress the behavior and then you take the warning out of the dog and then the dog is going to bite without a warning and it's typically going to be worse. Yeah. Because at least if you have a warning, you can start to move away. No warning. Typically, faces are close by. So, Mm -hmm. keep that in mind. We always want to give your dog an opportunity to share their emotion and express what they need in that moment. Our job is to sit back and read that and respect it. That is the biggest thing. So, oh. well, I think that kind of wraps it up on aggressive, aggressive behavior. Try aggression. One more time. I don't think I want say to say it. I don't think I want to
1: uh, also you guys. So Nikki's going to have to edit a couple of parts of this because i've already edited oh okay you did yeah because you just we had some real weird 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 pauses that's
0: probably because we're exhausted (laughs) i think we're exhausted every episode and here's the problem guys i cannot do an episode i can't record an episode in the mornings because i'm not a morning person so i have to do it in the late evenings after my all of my clients and my day is done Brittany is not a night person (laughs) I am a morning person. She's a morning person, so we struggle, and a lot of times why don't we we do it over lunch? Because I'm usually not here over lunch. So see, because you book me, and I'm gone all the time.
1: So it's my fault.
0: So what we need to do is just take a a one big rainy day (laughs) and record like five in a row, and then just nah, give ourselves a break. Nah, it's more it's more fun when it's spontaneous. It was kind of spontaneous. We didn't do outlines or anything for this. It's, it is vulnerable. I shared some some things there. Yeah, it's more real. And that is the thing is we, uh, we're uh we here for you guys. We love you and uh, we appreciate you. And we hope that you do share the episode or our podcast with friends and family. And wherever you listen, if you're able to, if you have a, the ability to rate and leave a review, we would appreciate that because that's how other people find our show. And remember, we're trying to get Kurgo to... Uh, come in as a sponsor because we love Kergo. <laughs> so we need more listeners. We need more downloads. Kurgo. Kurgo, Kurgo, Kurgo. So um and I do hope to see some of the locals at the dog communication seminar this Friday night. So hope to see you guys there and if you have any questions or you need to set up a Zoom consultation with me for behavior, just reach out at info at dogspeak101.com, and Brittany will be happy to set you up. We've had several the mm-hmm. uh, last couple weeks um, uh, from different states. So we can absolutely do it. And a lot of times we can get you in a little bit sooner than our poor uh, um, in-home training clients that have to wait, you know, to even We're working on that. We're, We're working on trying it. to get some more openings. We're making openings. We're going to make this happen. So, uh, you know, and if you're in a state where I'm like 11 o'clock here and, and you're earlier then we could do that because I'm up at 11 o'clock. So that's,
1: I feel like there's sometimes where I'm like, Hey, would you like a 12 a.m.? Would you like
0: a 12 a.m.? Because <laughs> Nikki's away? Are you a musician? Yes. Right. So yeah. Nikki's so, your jam. We're going to be, we're here for you. Bottom line. We're here for you. And if you have any episode ideas, also send us an email. And if you've not checked out the Patreon page, check it out. And members that we have right now, hang in there with us. We're going to have new content for you soon. We're also going to be doing that question and answer for our Patreon members. But Patreon guys, send in your questions. Uh, So, because we would love to hear from you. And of course, we'd love to hear from everybody. We appreciate you. So glad that you guys check in with us every week. Send us messages. Let us know you're listening. Um, tag us you can tag us through instagram you can tag us through our facebook page mm-hmm. right i'm not this uh, it's not my lane you're the social media i mean we
1: have a twitter but listen y'all I
0: never use twitter twitter so i don't a, tweet
1: it's sort of a cesspool that <laughs> Tweet, tweet. Nobody
0: wants to do. Do it's mostly me all, i do not own the rights to the song it is a, it's a
1: selfish thing and you have to pick like a jackson five song out of all the songs in the world tweet elite was a (laughs) joke
0: oh y'all i got to get off here because she doesn't even know what i'm talking about y'all have a good week bye Brittany. you were doing rock and robin no was i that was dude dude Dude. 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 don't don't name
1: that tune with me right now i think i'm gonna
0: lose (laughs) y'all this is what i deal with y'all have a great week